Here we are, live, again, take two, for a NBA Fantasy Basketball mailbag. Michael Bolton, sorry to make you do it twice. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd. I'm going to do the same joke again. I call her Cappuccino. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PricePix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, and you get a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So you want to be a double banger, you can watch the live stream twice because I start the wrong one. You can listen to the audio, you come across it, hit thumbs up, you, you leave a comment, all that stuff below. And it's not its not you that's going to be thinking about hitting the wrong live button for the next four weeks. It's going to be me. I'm definitely not going to do that. I'll, I'll be okay, I'm sure. All right, let's hear uh, talk about Fantasy basketball, can't even speak anymore, I'm that flustered, but luckily I've got someone with me to help me talk about fantasy basketball, and after her big reveal in the show that lasted two minutes before, we're going to do it again now. Welcome to the show for the first slash second time, Kayla Fonte. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, it is good to finally see you here for the first time ever. Kayla, um... You do the uh, be Between Two Hoops Fantasy Basketball Show, which you can find on YouTube. Um, you write for fan- Fantasy Basketball Last Word on Sports. People have not seen you on this channel before, but but here you are. So give people a little bit of a, a, a background on, on what you have done across the fantasy basketball space and across just talking about basketball and the NBA in general. Yeah, for sure. I started getting into fantasy last year, but I didn't start writing it until this season. But I've been a basketball fan for many years now and writing about the general NBA for a while. Fantasy is kind of my specialty at the moment and NBA rumors as well. And I've really just taken that to a whole other level with the podcast and the writing now. And I'm excited to uh, see what the future holds for that. Yeah, so there's always always interesting things happening across the NBA and fantasy basketball is mm-hmm. growing quite a bit, which is awesome. Which is part of yeah, part of the one of the goals that I have when doing the show is just to get more people playing and, and involved in it. And I think mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, we're seeing some big big growth across those areas, which is, which is awesome. Now. Jose Martin has an early question for us. He says, RIP Canada jokes. I'm, I'm never going to stop making Canada jokes because Canada makes jokes about themselves all the time. Like, just, just look at them. Look, for, for example, like, this is how much I, 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 I love Canada. Kayla's from Canada. And, like, what, if I actually hated Canada, why would I get someone from Canada on so I could make insulting jokes directly to their face? But anyway, Kayla, how, how does it feel to, um, to be on a show with the rest of the civilized world? It's amazing, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I never would have expected that it would have gone this far too when I first started writing about fantasy and even when NBA Fantasy Bible reached out to me about starting a show. I never could have dreamed that it would have taken off to this extent and it's just amazing. Well, let's let's get to some questions. Let's get to some questions. Edgemont Modified Track. Is that your real name? Probably not. All year you've been saying, guys, don't sit if healthy and if we end it by the 24th of March, we'll be safe from shutdowns. But the other day, you seem to suggest we get rid of Jaron Jackson at any cost. Can you clarify? Yeah, Edgemont, I can clarify. My thought on this is that the fake 
the really, really fake injuries really start to hit the last two weeks of the season where you get even the players and teams in playoffs start to sit during that time. And that's where you, you don't play because you'll have Giannis play one game a week and Luca sits two, whatever. All that sort of stuff happens. Jaron in the Memphis Grizzlies is a very different situation. He's already got this knee contusion. He's had multiple lower body injuries. And I am certain that he will at some point get another injury that pops up at some point here that keeps him out longer than it probably is expected. It won't be as egregious as the Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving sitting at the end of last season for the Mavericks. It'll be more akin to what the Blazers did for the... You know, well, that, that, that's what I'm trying to avoid, what the Blazers did last season. But this is one of those ones where... You just feel like something is going to happen. The timeline will get exaggerated versus the this guy is not actually injured, so we're seeing him the last two weeks. And that's the difference. People just think that everybody is going to sit all the time uh, through the last two months of the season. There's very specific situations you can sort of pinpoint that might hit early, and that's what I think with Jaron. How are you approaching that Grizzlies and Jaron Jackson situation, Kayla? Yeah, for me, um, I actually am, I'm, I have Bane. So I'm keeping him on my IL spot, but I definitely agree with you there. They're out of the playoffs. There's nothing that they can really do at this point. The best thing is to just get those young guys, those minutes, continue to develop your players. I think that if you have JJJ, sell them while you can. Because like you said, players are going to start sitting out soon. And it's only a matter of time. And there was actually even trades going on in my leagues too. People were selling high for him. And I think that's just the best thing you could do right now. Yeah, look, look, that's the thing. See, he's he's had this history. Like, he entered last season with an injury. He missed the season before or a lot of the season before with a knee injury. He's missed time here with a knee injury. You just There's just something that's going to happen. And you're holding Desmond Bain. I, I, uh, good luck if you think you're getting a game out of Desmond Bain. The rest of the season. Oh, no, I'm going to drop him. I'm just keeping him just because I drafted him. I mean, there's no use. And I had that IL spot, so I'll keep him comfortable there. Um. Oh, let's just keep the Memphis train rolling. Dylan Bass says, Asante Aldama and Scotty Pippen Jr., guys, to add. Imagine talking about fantasy and thinking that you'd be talking about Scotty Pippen Jr. But the, other, the thing is, Dylan, is I, I think you might have a point. The Asante Aldama one is probably more interesting. Um, Kayla, I, I, I get a lot of people asking about Asante. I don't know what the infatuation is with Santi Aldama. He started last season when Jaron was out. I would say he was mid at best. He had opportunities this season when everyone was out and he was worse than that. And people just think he's going to be this, uh, he's awesome, he's going to start dominating. I think he's all right. Look, I think he's okay. But I wouldn't say that he's this uh, guy that's going to turn into this huge uh, overall producer. He's not a shot creator. He's not a big shot blocker. His shooting's actually pretty poor this season. I just, he's fine. I just don't see the urgency in him. Yeah, I don't really either. And he's not even like my number one pick to stream from the Grizzlies. Um, I'm looking at more Vince Williams, Tillman, guys like that. Those would be my number one. I would say Monaghan. And if you're in a deeper league too, something you would probably worth considering, but definitely not my number one options. Yeah, I just don't know what his overall like upside is. If Jaron is out and everyone's mm-hmm. gone, like, is he going to start taking 20 shots a game? I, I really doubt that. He's also, what's he shooting this season? I think the numbers are pretty rough. He's at 33.8% from three. He was at 35 last season. He's blocking 0.7 shots in 23 minutes. He's averages 10 and 5, which is alright. Like, it's it's fine. But it's not like, I don't see this big ramp-up ability that he's got to turn into this you know, beastly sort of guy who's going to average, um, you know, 17 and 10 with a block and a half and three triples. I don't see... So I think some people see him as like, oh, he's a mini Jaron Jackson who'll just replace those numbers. I don't see it. As for Pippen, we're going to get a really interesting look today because honestly, their other point guard is Jacob Gilliard. And I don't know whether Scotty's better than Jacob Gilliard. I know he's probably not worse. So we'll see exactly what happens. It's more of a monitor situation to me, but I don't think it's going to be crazy because there's going to be so much weird shit goes on with this team that there is he's going to have a little run of games where you go, ah, oh, maybe we look at Scotty, but he's probably more just going to be a deeper league guy, I would guess, Kayla. Yeah, I would agree with that too. 
All right, what else are we going to go on here? Oh, here we go. One of my favorite players, Marvin Bagley. Um, Muhammad says, do we add Bagley? What are you doing with the Marvin Bagley situation at the moment, Kayla? Because he is available to make his uh, first appearance for the Washington Wizards today. Yeah, I believe he was supposed to start too. So he's Ooh. definitely someone that I would consider. Um, I think Gafford is out. That's why. Yeah, Gaff- um, Gafford is out. He's than- got a concussion. So yeah. he's, he's going to miss some time. Exactly. But usually though, he would be that backup center option. I think if he's, he's in a starting role, definitely someone who I would use an add-on if I had to and kind of see how that plays out. But he's not someone that it would stream for a long period of time. Yeah, we know what Bagley is, right? He's a guy that can score. He's a guy that can get rebounds and he can a guy that can do nothing else. That's not true. He's, he can be an efficient shooter, but he'll get one assist total for the rest of the season. He might hit a three. He'll never get a steal. But if they put him into a role where there's no other center, which is exactly where they are at the moment, he's going to have an opportunity to put up some numbers. And then when Gafford comes back, he moves back to the bench. I think people also, there, there are the Marvin Bagley truther side of things where they think, well, he's going to play 25 a night. He'll play at the four. He'll play at the five. That's not going to happen. I don't think. But for the time being, yeah, like I, I don't mind that, especially today. There's five games on. He, he might start. He might not, but he's going to get 20-ish minutes, I'm guessing. And that could push even higher. And, and that makes it at least marginally interesting because a concussion usually, Kayla, is not a uh, not a one-game uh, issue. What else have we got going on here in the uh, questions? Actually, before I get into some more questions, I do have to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Yes, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with me to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to get you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. What about the big cockroach over for the Clippers? Mason Plumley, apparently on a minutes restriction, played 28 minutes last game. We love a coach that lies, but that's fine because Mason Plumley got good minutes. Does that mean he's going to play more next game? Hard to say. But at the moment, if you're looking for a center contributor, Mason Plumley might be that bloke that you can go and have an ad and chuck him onto your roster and see if he can bring you something. Just don't overhype it too much. So... What do we think about adding Marvin Bagley? Is he the key to a fantasy championship? Bloody hope not, but he could be something that helps you get a little bit of value in the short term, the same way that eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and that is the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. Kayla, would you say that you've ever called your car your baby? So I actually don't have a car. <laughs> well, there you go. So um, you're, yeah. you're not going to be out here calling your car your, your baby, um, but some people do. And that's why eBay Motors is mm-hmm. great for them because all these parts are available. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Exclusions. Wow, the, the the US just doubling down on the anti-Canada bias here. That's uh, you know, that's that's what they do, Kayla. We know we know what they're like. All right, let's um Marco Fultz, Iram Islam says he's Fultz a hold, his minutes increased last game. I was pretty surprised to see Fultz play like it was basically like 30 minutes last game, and that was a, a big ramp up from where he'd been previously. He'd looked a little bit iffy in some of those games, but he closed. He played 30 minutes. To me, that's like okay, let's go and add him. Yeah, I would say um, hold him if you have the space. If there's not a better option available, especially in the waiver wire too, even in deeper leagues, I would consider holding him. The main concern for me is just that backlog at the guard position for the Magic right now. It's definitely more of a monitoring situation, but I would hold, see how it goes from there, and then make adjustments as needed. Uh, The thing with that is... 
It's fine. Like it, totally okay. Like once the thirty minutes are there, let, let's go and do. It. We know he's going to have some limitations. He's probably going to sit some back to backs, which is going to be frustrating. I'm not all that worried about what Caleb Houston's going to do, or honestly, Cole Anthony. He feels like he's out of their plans. Um, it's Suggs and Fultz. I would think that they're going to try and get those minutes into a little bit here. Um, so I'm okay doing it. Same with Wendell Carter, who's looked great the last two games. It doesn't mean that it's going to last, but if you get them for free off the wire, go and do it. Um, and if they're on your on your roster, like this is the best performance we've had from Fultz all season. So hold and then. If it doesn't work out, then you move on um, later on. Um, Derek Wong says, after today's game, would TJ, I'm going to guess TJ McConnell, would TJ McConnell be a drop if he continues his current production? Well, yes, because Tyrese Halliburton is set to return. He's not playing today, Tyrese, but maybe he plays tomorrow or maybe they're full of shit and gave a fake questionable tag uh, to follow the Denver Nuggets path of just listing guys on the injury report incorrectly just to mess with us. But that is okay. Like if With the return of Halliburton seemingly happening right now, if you need to drop a TJ McConnell to get somebody who you think is going to have more long-term value, maybe like the Cockroach, Mason Plumlee, you do it. It doesn't matter if you sacrifice one game's worth of value because you've got a real sort of sense here. This is not like, well, Halliburton's going to be reevaluated in two weeks and it might be another two weeks. Like, I feel pretty good now. Amazingly, he's going to be back in the next two games or so. So sometimes you need to make that move ahead of time. How do you view that sort of a situation? Yeah, honestly, I would do the same thing. McConnell is only someone that I really stream when I know that Halliburton is out, even though he was coming off the bench for those games too. He still had solid production compared to even some of the starters. Uh, But yeah, there's really no use in holding on to him right now. But he's someone that we know we can stream and depend on when Halliburton is out. ZB. I don't know why I said Z. Uh, Hang on, Kayla. You guys in Canada say Z, don't you? Not Z. Zed, yeah, yeah usually. So you're, you're very well cultured. That's that's great. I, I like Canada more and more every every moment I, I find out about these things. Yeah, Zed, ZB says, any updates on Cade? How long do I anticipate holding Ivy for? Well, they're two separate questions, I think, Kayla. I don't have an update mm-hmm. on Cade. We're getting close to that two-week re-evaluation across this weekend. But let's just turn that away. Look, who knows? I would guess, let's say another week, but that's I'm pulling that out of my ass. Let's talk about Jaden Ivy because he's looked great the last couple of games. Monty Williams has finally realized that he's that he knows how to play. He's not the 11th best player on that roster, as Monty used to think, and he can actually handle the ball, and he's put up some really big numbers. Do you think the return of Cade will kill that for Ivy, or do you just think that we're just ready to go here and 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 hold him through the rest of the season? I really want to say hold him for the rest of the season, but the story of the Pistons season so far has just been that fluctuation in the roster, and that makes me really concerned for how those minutes will be divvied up, especially even though we're seeing that great production from Ivy right now, I still have a lot of concerns for his security in that kind of role. I want to say hold though, especially because we've seen that potential. Yeah. This is not, this is not the same situation as TJ McConnell, right? Like, Halliburton mm-hmm. comes back, McConnell goes to the bench and literally might move out of the rotation. That That's distinctly possible. Ivy will still start. He'll still start next to Cade. And while the usage and ball handling uh, reps won't be quite as high, they're still going to be fine. And, and I really, I, I would, and I was going to say I would rip on the Pistons, but literally that's been the entire ethos of this show all, all season. But if they said, oh, Ivy's now playing 25 minutes a night and never touching it, I'd fly over to Detroit myself and then I'd have a chat to Monty and say, come on, bro, like, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, right? I don't think that's they're going to cut him down that much. And honestly, someone someone in the crowd would you know, leak some sort of fake uh, AO-generated sex tape of Monty to get him fired So if that started happening. So I, th- I think we're okay in terms of waiting or, or worrying about Ivy being completely neutralized the way he was to start the season. Just expect, mm-hmm. expect him to take a little bit off the top when Cade returns, whenever that is. So just have him and uh, just enjoy what's going on. All right. Is Derek Lively a hold? Bryn Lawrence says, Look, yeah. Of course, of course mm-hmm. he is. Like, what, what, have, what have been your thoughts on, on Derek Lively? He's been amazing so far. And I know a lot of people rushed to drop him after that injury oh, too. But I don't understand that. Like, 
patience. That's the biggest thing in fantasy. It happens so often, and he's still rostered mm-hmm. in like sixty percent of leagues or something. I know some of those yes. are points leagues where he's like he's not he's not ideal, but in a category league, like they're not going to go away from him. He's key to what they do, and I know that they lost a bunch of games, and some of that was Luca being out, some of it was Lively being out. Like he's been so key to what mm-hmm. they've been able to do this season. He's a key key piece to to pairing alongside Luca. That yeah, like he's great. All right, Wicked Mojo. Do you keep Dwap Reef even if Aiden returns? This is not an if on Aiden. Aiden is going to return. I'm pretty sure that ice will melt at some point and, uh, <laughs> and Olaf will be able to get into the game and, and be fine, ready to go. So do you keep Reef? Well, I just don't think he's going to be able to play no. enough. But, but Kayla, he will have an opportunity, I guess, later on in the season when Aiden's knee injury flares up, I'm guessing. But I don't think you need to hold waiting for that. That might be eight weeks away. Yeah, nobody's going to rush to go grab him off the waivers. No, no, absolutely not. Like, he's been great. He's been really impactful, but they're not going to mm-hmm. be like, we're going to do a 24-minute split here between Reith and Aiton as a long-term thing. It'll go back to Aiton. Aiton will miss time later on. You go back and add Reith, and, and that's, um, yeah, I think that's a pretty uh, obvious obvious way to go. Now, someone asked another question about the Blazers, and I can't find the actual question, but maybe I'll just, I think there it is, Kai Spence. Kai, you're a Melbourne legend, I believe. What is Jabari Walker's ceiling this season? That's really interesting because, Kayla, he started last game. They moved Tamari mm-hmm. Kamara to the bench. They started Walker and Grant together, and he played 30 minutes. And to be 30 minutes of Jabari Walker is, hey, maybe we just go and add this guy because I do think that at the end of the season, he will see his value increase. He's an interesting sort of player who can do some defensive stat things, who can score a little bit, who can rebound a little bit. I don't think it's going to blow you away, but to me, that's just an initial sign of, hmm, something interesting is happening here. So I wouldn't mind grabbing him, especially if it's anything deeper than 12-team leagues, but I'm pretty intrigued to see what he can bring. Yep, same here. Um, oh, we'll get into some more questions in just a second, but today's episode is also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because instead of going up against thousands of different people who are all out there to take your money, it's pros and sharks who spend all their day crafting lineups with salary caps, PrizePix just puts up a player projection and you look at it and you say more or less. And that is all you need to do. You go in there, you choose between two to six of those individual player stat projections, put them into an entry and you can up to 25 times your money back. Simple as that. It's fast, it's easy, and PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. They've got their reboot policy. If someone gets hurt in the first half and then doesn't return in the second half, that player just gets rebooted. You don't lose on that part of your entry. They just get rebooted. Easy enough stuff. Go to pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's get back to the um, the questions. All right, can uh, any update on Mark Williams? Kirk, a little bit. <laughs> there was a Steve Clifford appearance on a local radio show during the week, and he basically said what we've been doing hasn't been responding. He looks like he might be a little wild, and there's no timetable. That's terrifying to hear. Like, obviously, obviously, he's still um, doubtful every game, but at the moment, we're looking at least at least a couple more weeks. I'm guessing here. So, it's just, Kayla, I don't think there's any reason to be um, holding on to Mark Williams at this point with this uncertainty. Also, why uh, why have 60% of the leagues not bothered to add Nick Richards? Is the other question I'd have. Yeah, I know it's very surprising too. I actually have uh, Mark Williams stashed in one of my rosters. I'm probably going to drop him very soon. The last report I saw was that he was still labeled as week to week which is not very a good sign. And like you said, if nothing's working, that's not good. But yeah, Nick Richards, I'm surprised that he hasn't been rostered more. He'll give you the 
odd bad game here and there, but as long as he's in that role and receiving those minutes, you got to add him. Yeah, like they're not going to be running Nate Mensa out there for big minutes. Like Richards is not going to blow us away, right? He might be 10 and 8 with mm-hmm. a block and a half, which is it's usable. For points leagues, it's not that interesting. It's okay, but it's not that interesting. But he's just available everywhere. And I just don't know when we're going to be seeing Mark Williams back, which is really, obviously, really frustrating because uh, you know, we've been waiting a long time and this uh, shit organization tells us nothing about him, which would be great if they could do that. <laughs> um, what are we looking at here? Will Bain play again this season? I doubt it. Um, what other no. questions can we do here? We talked about Wendell already, but let's talk about Trey Murphy because Gorkum Demaray says, is Trey Murphy droppable if he is the worst player on a 12-team, nine-category league? Kayla, I'll let you handle this one first. Um, so, full disclosure, I'm more uh, into points leagues. That's my area of domain there. But I would say probably, to be honest with you, if it's 12-team, I would consider it. I think that he's very inconsistent. And if he's in that starting lineup and he's getting those big minutes and increased opportunities that's when I would consider adding him and streaming him. Yeah, look, that's, that's the thing he would try, right? He, he was huge last season. He played big, big minutes because mm-hmm. Zion was out. Ingram missed a bunch of time. He's coming off knee surgery. Sneeze still not right. And the key part that you mentioned there, Gorkum, if he's your worst player, then just you, you move on. Like, There's way more value in being able to use that last roster spot for somebody who comes out of nowhere and has a top 60 run because of an injury, and then that guy drops off, and then you grab the next guy, then you grab the next guy, and you turn that roster spot, which might be three games of Trey Murphy, into five games because you've streamed someone else in. As much as we have seen what he can do, like the inconsistencies here, it requires you relying upon somebody else ahead of him to get hurt and then him actually performing up to his level, whereas I just think you get way more utility out of it. Now, you could drop Trey Murphy, stream that spot in, and then in a week's time, Zion's out for the season and Trey plays 34 a night and dominates. It's possible, but what can you do? Like you can't just, if you keep holding, 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 waiting for something to happen, well, you're just going to be left behind. You can't catch up. So that would depend, like if you're at the top of your standings and it doesn't matter if you lose a couple of matchups, okay, hold. And maybe something does break free. But the preseason knee surgery, the ongoing knee struggles, the limited minutes, the rustiness in his shot makes me suggest that even if um, someone did get hurt, he wouldn't be uh, performing to the level that he did last season anyway. That's, yeah. Anyway, that's what I think. But I, you don't have to drop him, but that's that's how I'm viewing that. All right. Um, Bryn, is Gigi Jackson going to keep up these minutes? Is he a must-add hold? Bryn, I wish I knew because I can't predict the future in that respect. He only played like 26 or 27 last game. Kayla, what have you thought about the the two games we've seen of GG the last uh, couple of games? I think he's had, he has a lot of potential. He's very promising. He's definitely someone I have my eye on right now. I haven't added him yet, but I'm definitely considering it just because I have um, better players right now. And I think we really just have to kind of monitor how the Grizzlies divvy up those minutes and see what happens. But I have a feeling that this is a player who will receive quality minutes as the season goes on. Yeah, I think that's that's accurate. Like, I think in a lot of spots, if you want to grab him, you've got to do it now. Like, he's been snapped up in a lot of different spots. He won't shoot as well as he did last game. I think we can understand that. He shot like 65% from three or something. That's just not going to be the case. The man shot 38% from the field last season at South Carolina. He's not going to be this hyper-efficient shooter. But... Um, taking a chance on a guy who we know is going to get shots and have a, a role that it might sit at 25 minutes, but it also in three weeks might hit to 30 minutes. I, I doubt it's going to drop significantly. He's, he's on a two-way contract, but he's not at any risk of those two-way days running out because he hasn't played enough games and there's you know, not 50 games left in the season. So I, I think he's going to be okay um, to add. And then we assess it. Like, we've got a great opportunity to see it today. Don't be surprised if he puts up five points on 12 shots today. Like, don't don't be shocked if that happens. But it's more about what does the opportunity look like. And I'm feeling relatively positive um, about that. 
Alec says, what do you think about Hartenstein's performance so far? Do I think he can hold as a top 50 player? What do you thought about Isaiah Hartenstein so far, Kayla? I love him. I picked him up in one of my leagues really early on, and I have not been disappointed so far. Um, I wouldn't even want to trade him. I think that this is production that he will probably be able to maintain. He's not going to give you crazy numbers in points. Every now and then he will, but he's worth it for those defensive stats. And I'm not even concerned about Mitchell Robinson potentially returning at like in the late regular season because even then they're not going to risk him getting hurt. They're not going to start him right away. He's going to be on a minutes restriction. Hartenstein, this is his season. Hold yeah. him if you can. Agree. I I did have Hartenstein on my sell high show early in the week. That was just to see what you could get out of it. But it's going to be hard to to, mm-hmm. to get that because he's he's steal numbers and block numbers are pretty high. His rebound rate is like it's like sixteen per thirty six, which is probably not going to hold. And he was shooting seventy percent from two. Also not going to hold. That doesn't mean he's going to turn bad. He's going to be good. That's mm-hmm. just going to drop a little bit from where he currently is. Can he be top fifty? Yeah, like yeah, yes he can. Like I don't think there's any real concerns about that. And like you, I'm not really that worried about Mitchell Robinson returning. I think that's going to be I think that's going to be uh, a long way off now Kayla I, I want to put this question up because I just want to I want to see something because I just want to make myself feel old Sebastian Balambois says do you want Tony Roten or KJ McDaniels in a 44 team nine category league do you remember do you, we follow the NBA at all with the uh, t- Tony Roten KJ McDaniel days I'm guessing no no <laughs> of, of course <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> this is like the early <laughs> the early crazy. early 2010 process sixes when they were winning like eight games a season and tony roten <laughs> was running around like putting up triple doubles on 30 percent shooting and just dominating the ball and kj mcdaniels was a like a, a rookie 40 average like yeah, two blocks a game in college and would come in and just jump for everything and then they were out of the league in about two years after that but they were, <laughs> they were huge fantasy guys so sebastian thank you for bringing up um some funny names lamar says who are a couple of my favorite players to stash ahead of the trade deadline i want to hear your thought process on this kayla how you approach the upcoming trade deadline three weeks away you know what um Kobe white is a big name for me i'm seeing some people already drop him which is really weird because it's most likely that zach levine is going to be traded it's that's almost a given at this point and i think that he's someone you definitely have to hold on to and even after, if he is, Zach Levine is traded, that's a sell-high opportunity right there, too. Because we all know what he was doing before Zach Levine, while Zach Levine was injured. And he's only going to continue that hot production, too. So he's definitely someone um, I would watch out for. That's my number one right now. I, I can't believe anyone's dropping Kobe White. That's crazy. If you've seen Kobe White, I've drop, seen it. That's it's crazy. That's, right, okay, so okay, so those people don't know what's going on. Obviously, Kobe White is a very very clear um, must roster play. If you want to get deep in the weeds, though, um, Lamar, the guys that I'm looking at are some of these uh, young players on shit teams. So Kobe Bufkin is someone I'm watching. But to be honest with you, like just as an aside, I think a lot of the times holding a guy stashing for a trade deadline. It doesn't give you that much. We're three weeks out. There's nothing that's super clear. Last season, I had about three or four guys that I wanted to stash on hold. One of them was Zach Collins. One of them was Mark Williams. One of them was Bones Highland. And two of those three hit. There's someone else as well. I can't remember who the other one was. But it's only when I see a clear situation. Hey, a center ahead of this guy is going to get traded and that backup's going to be good. I don't really see as many clear situations here. Like, I do believe that DeJounte Murray is getting traded, but like... He could get traded and Quentin Grimes could come back and slide into that spot and or Bogdan Bogdanovich could start there or uh, Kobe Bufkin could start there. There's no clear 
this would definitely happen situation. Maybe you could stay in Atlanta and think that Capella's getting traded, so a Kongwu steps in. But I don't really see anything sort of clear that has appeared as like a guy that I just want to sit on for three weeks at this stage. And I think that probably is a somewhat negative approach when there isn't anything that, that really screams out. And again, one of my major things is usually when we're talking fantasy replacements, if it's someone who plays at shooting guard, small forward or power forward, usually the replacements for those guys ends up being four or five different players getting four or five extra minutes. It's when you look to a center being moved and then the backup center steps up or a point guard being moved in this, and the backup point guard steps up. That's where the big bumps in value happen. And I don't really see that happening in many places, Kayla. You know, I kind of like the idea of Okongwu though. If Clint Capella does get traded because pretty much everyone on the team is going to get traded besides um, Trey Young and Jalen Johnson, they're they're looking to be sellers. So I wouldn't be surprised if Capella is one of those candidates too. And Okongwu is someone who we've seen in that starting role and they've really thrived in that position. And I, I have a lot of hype for him. He's exciting. I just, I just, I'm, I'm running out of patience. I'm running out of patience with this team I know, and, and, I know. <laughs> and, and waiting this long to see what they can do, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, all right. So Steve asks, is it possible they move the Mavs game that was postponed to the two game fantasy playoff week? I guess so. I, I don't like to, um, this is the, the Warriors Mavericks game that due to the, the, the death for the, in the Warriors coaching staff, they've postponed the Mavs mm-hmm. game again, rightfully so. I don't really know when they're going to, to move that game. I haven't actually looked in that week to see. Like, it, it sounds good of the Mavericks having a two-game week, but what do the Warriors have that week? And the Warriors also have to fit that Jazz game um, into that as, as well. So I'm just going to have a quick look at the schedule. The Mavs, um, with their two-game week, it is on that, that week there, and the Warriors play four games that week. So it's pretty unlikely that Warriors would play five <clears throat> in that week. There is a week starting the 4th of March where both Golden State and Dallas have three games in that week. So I, it's possible with a two-game week for Dallas, but that would overload Golden State's schedule. So I'm not sure, John... Oh, is it John? No, Steve, sorry. And um, I, I think ma- making plans to try and guess when they're going to reschedule a game to try and benefit your fantasy team, I just don't think it's... I don't think the um, the outcome from that is uh, going to be positive enough for you to you know, what, expend the mental energy to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we might do one more question here, I think. Let's do one more. Okay. Let's find a good one. What's a good one we can do? Um, come on, guys. Ask a good question and, and we can finish this off. Um, okay, so JP Lawrence. This is a, a nice strategy question, Kaylee. says, how long does a pickup have to be good before you can trade them? It seems like even Grayson Allen still has that waiver wire. So that's a really good point. Grayson Allen's been a top 100 player basically mm-hmm. all season. Uh, he dominated last game and put up those huge numbers. But I think a lot of it is perception. So in terms of trading them, like we just talked about Isaiah Hartenstein, but I don't think anyone looks at him and goes, well, look, you know, he's just this waiver wire guy. Why would I give you anything for it? I don't think anyone actually thinks that. Kobe White, Jalen Johnson were added off the waiver wire in plenty of different leagues. I don't think there's a set thing. It's more about how secure do you feel the player's role is and the general idea of the player. Because like, people go, well, yeah, Grayson Allen, bro, like he's playing Nessa Durant and Beal and, and Booker. So he's not good. He doesn't have this secure role in that scenario versus what the actual rank is. I don't know how you see that. Do you think that there is like a, a time to remove that or is it just an individual thing? To be honest with you, I don't really look at that. For me, I look at the factors that the team is facing right now. And the number one thing would be injuries. So if I know, like, for example, in Kobe White's case, that Zach Levine is going to be out for a long period of time. That's someone who I'm going to reach out and I'm going to grab White away. And so far, that's been something that's rewarded me. I picked up Kobe White, Isaiah Hardenstein. Um, Nick Richards, too, has been someone who a lot more people should actually run and go grab. But injuries are the number one thing, too. Um, 
it's, it's harder too, especially when you have like a smaller sample size. If you want to wait and see, I would give it maybe a couple games at that point. But it's also that once people start realizing that this player is going to be doing well, good luck trying to find it. So the longer you wait, the harder it is. It's, it's not even just about like individual set rules or anything. It's just about like engage in trade negotiations with your with your league mates and look, see what they offer. And if they don't want to offer anything good for Grayson Allen, you just go, well, I've just got Grayson Allen. He's playing well and I'll enjoy the production. And then if they come back with something better later on, then you assess it. It's not like, Brad, he's, oh, he's killing it. I want to get rid of him for something else. Just, just enjoy it. And if you get something good, it comes and you do it. And if you don't, you don't. And you enjoy what he's producing at the time. I think we need to overthink too much of this. There is a whole bunch of individual circumstances that come. You can't. Mm-hmm. People ask me this question all the time, Caleb. Like, how can I get my league to trade more? Like, you don't. Like, it happens. It happens. Like, if trading occurs, it occurs. And if it doesn't occur, it doesn't occur. You don't have to force this stuff to 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 be happening. Look, let it happen, sort of organically. I remember I was seeing a league where it's like you had a rule where you had to make uh, at least three trades a season. Like, what for? Why, why, why do I need to do that? That sounds. Yeah. If I was doing that, I'd just find someone else who didn't want to trade and just trade the same players back three times with each other. There's just, you don't need to force that that shit into a league. Like mm-hmm. just you can just actually just in, enjoy and list stuff right out and make the moves at the time when they make sense. I reckon that'll do us, Kayla, because I have kept you already for thirty minutes. So tell people what's going on with um, your stuff at the moment. Your writing. What have you got um, happening over at Between Two Hoops as well? Yeah, so we still have our weekly shows that we do. Every so often, we'll even bring on a guest. So make sure to check that out. We usually film on Sundays and have that released Sunday night, sometimes Monday. And then even with my writing too, I do weekly guides and analysis. Um, This is my last year of university. So hopefully next season, I'll have a lot more free time on my hands to kind of do more daily stuff. Uh, Right now, it's more weekly and analysis and things like that. But there's a lot of stuff in store that I'm very excited to share. Go and check out Kayla. Go check out her, uh, her her YouTube channel. Go and check out her writing. And of course, go and follow her over on Twitter as well. I want to see those Twitter followers Thank really you. bump up straight through the roof. Kayla, thanks for coming on for the first time and uh, and chatting with me about fantasy basketball. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great show. All right, I'm going to go and hit the outro now. Guys, you know what to do. You First of all, go and follow Kayla, but also follow me and be here and be a double banger. Go and hit the subscribe button on the video, listen to the audio, give us a thumbs up, drop your comments down below. All of that stuff goes a long way to helping the show and I'll go fix up the screw up I had earlier with the live trade deadline show. What an idiot this guy is. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching everyone. See ya.